0: Welcome to The Silent Lotus. I'm Sudhiti. And I'm Suhita. We are two South Asian women who are very young and figuring out how to navigate the world.
1: Join us on our journeys of tackling our health,
0: self-care, and mustache hairs. A gentle reminder that we are not experts, just two young women hosting a podcast.
1: We encourage you to seek out support from a trained health professional as needed. Welcome to The Silent Lotus. Sudhiti, what would you say is your highlight of this week?
0: Hmm. It's been, it's been a slow week. I, my MCAT is rapidly approaching. It's in a week. So I haven't done too much, but the one, one highlight of this week has been that my exam is at 630 in the morning. So I have had to get into the habit of waking up early to start like doing my work so that I, you know, like one or two days before I'm not finding having to readjust my sleep schedule and i have rediscovered how wonderful it is to like wake up at 6 a.m and have and then it hits noon and you've just done so much stuff and the day is there's so much left of the day like 6 a.m to 10 p.m feels like a much longer time than like 10 a.m to midnight i don't know why but i love waking up early and i am excited to continue with this after the mcap what about you No, see, like I totally get that,
1: except for me, I get super excited if I wake up before like 9 a.m. and then it's 12 (laughs) and I've like actually done something for the day. I was fully expecting you to be like, oh, even though I have to wake up at six every day, this is my other highlight of the week. But like, that's interesting to get to the road, I guess. Um, Yeah. Ever since my internship ended for the summer, I basically have just been doing nothing. I started... That sounds nice. Yeah, I started Grey's Anatomy for the fourth time and I hate myself for doing that because no. now I'm just sucked into it. So that's like not oh. a highlight. I'd say the highlight was I had some really good Nutella pancakes yesterday. Oh. They slapped. That's all. Dang, that's all that I have for you today. Good.
0: That sounds like a pretty great thing. Nutella is yeah. delicious. It's the little things. Yeah, man. Okay. Um, this week. We're doing something different. I hope the yeah, people we are. are excited. So uh, for the first time ever on Silent Lotus, we are doing an interview episode. Um, and so we are super excited to introduce you to our guest today. So our guest is Ramita Ravi. Ramita is a professional dancer, choreographer, creative entrepreneur and startup consultant. She graduated from the University of Pennsylvania with a degree in health and societies and then moved to New York City to pursue her dance professionally. She signed with Block Talent Agency and the highlights of her career include Last Week Tonight with John Oliver, New York Fashion Week for Hermes, So You Think You Can Dance, TNT, Vice, Class Pass, Now This and more. Ramita does is super accomplished fyi um as an entrepreneur she founded project convergence a dance company uniting tap and indian classical dance that's broken barriers as the first non-Western dance style to be incubated at the historic American Tap Dance Foundations, with credits at Capazio, BuzzFeed, Lincoln Center, and more. As a consultant, she's worked for early-stage healthcare startups backed by TED, A16Z, and Two Sigma Ventures in UX, product strategy, marketing, and product management. She's currently building an arts tech venture that will launch in late 2020. She's one of the few South Asian professional dancers and is blazing trails for more diverse and innovative for an, for a more diverse and innovative entertainment industry. Wow. Ramita, we're so excited to have you on Silent Lotus. Welcome. I'm
2: so excited. Thanks guys for thinking
0: of me. <laughs> um, Ramita, do you want to tell us the
1: highlight of your week to vibe into our intros?
2: Yeah, sure. Um, the highlight of my week has been that my grandparents have actually been staying with us. Um, they usually live like 15 minutes away but um, mm-hmm. they've been here for like the last week and it's been really lovely like we just watch a lot of old movies and we went to Olive Garden yesterday so it's like Ooh. all the all the fun family stuff it's been really sweet that's, that's so wholesome. wholesome yeah very I like wholesome that. I agree
0: <laughs> that's adorable um okay so I guess we'll just jump right in because I think you want to hear from ramitha and not us. Um, so we have tons that we want to talk to Ramita about. So um, we're going to be breaking up this episode into two parts. So Eitha, do you want to l- take it away? Exactly. So essentially with these two parts, obviously Ramita
1: is an incredible person and has so much going on. So today we want to focus a little bit more on the academic and career side of her life. And then next week's episode will feature a little bit more about her self-care and wellness. So today let's jump into some questions. Um, I'll go ahead with the first one. So Ramita, if you wouldn't mind, could you walk us through your thought process of choosing to pursue dance after graduating college, as in what factors were you considering that were the most important to you? And what would you say have been the most challenging aspects of that undergrad to post grad journey?
2: Yeah, definitely. Um, this is a great question. Um, So, yeah, I graduated from Penn in 2017, and to be honest, I wasn't really sure what I wanted to do after college. Um, At the beginning of college, I was pre-med, and I thought that I would be a dance major and be pre-med and, you know, just be a dancing doctor for my future, Um, but Penn actually doesn't have a dance major, and I quit pre-med very quickly, so... Um, I ended up studying healthcare management. I was really interested in like health tech startups. Um and was fully thinking I would do that, but in the back of my mind, I was always like dance has been such a big part of my life. Um and I never felt like I like really gave it time to like be a career. Like I I hadn't considered it too much. Um so that thought was always in the back of my mind and then senior year of college. um, My roommate and best friend um, convinced me to audition for So You Think You Can Dance. And he had actually um, danced professionally for a year in college. He took a gap year. And I was like, wow, that's so awesome. Like, I wish I could do that um, and he convinced me to audition for So You Think, and I begrudgingly, like, submitted a video and was like, okay, fine, I'll do it, I I really didn't want to, but it ended up going very well, and I got to, um, be in a few episodes of the show, made it to, like, the top 30, um, which meant that, like, on the day of my college graduation, I literally went from Franklin Field to LA to, like, do this thing and it was probably the craziest day of my whole life
1: um oh my god yeah it
2: was was wild talk about like that was my peak I will never be in that position ever again um but (laughs) um it was really cool and it kind of gave me like this jump start to um try dancing and and see where it took me And so, um, I kind of started it as a gap year, um, like one year after college, I was actually planning to go back and get my master's in public health. Um, but it just kind of continued and I, I really loved dancing. Nothing good happens in like such a short period of time if you box yourself into that. So, um, you know, about a month into dancing, I was like, this isn't going to be a year long thing. I will be doing this for, um, a while. And so... Mm. Yeah, now three years later, I haven't stopped. Um, and it's been like a really wild career that I've learned so much from. But that's kind of how it started.
0: Wow. That is crazy. I think also just how quickly you realized that this is what you wanted to do. Like what made you realize that after like that month?
2: Um, I think that like I've been dancing since I was five. And, you know, it's literally been... Um, 50 to 60% of my life since, since that age. And, you know, I, I moved to New York and the weird thing about like working in the real world is that a lot of people, and I know we're going to talk about this a little bit more, but a lot of people are boxed into like a nine to five work structure. And it wasn't that I didn't want to like pursue things with healthcare or business, um, or like what I studied academically. It was just that, Dance has always been a big part of my life, and I didn't want to have to make the choice between like either pursuing uh, business or healthcare or dance. Um, and so, rather than like just getting a job and then working dance in, I I took the other approach where I was like, dance is going to be my focus. This is going to be my main thing, and let me work in the business and the healthcare wherever I can and, and try to keep that in my life. So that, that's kind of what the realization was that like, I want dance to be the focus. This is something that's like, um, challenging, but like super invigorating and exactly what I like love doing and want to be doing. And like, I think there's a reason that not a lot of South Asians are in it because it is scary. And like, you don't see people that look like you. It's like, crazy to to find a path when you don't have any idea what you're doing or like what people have done to make it um so it was really scary but I was like I know that I need to do this um and like I feel like I'm in a place where I I can try and let's make it happen so so that's kind of what's happened over the past three years
0: yeah wow that's amazing um so I guess, sort of as a follow-up to that. So you're a dancer, but as I, you know, as we shared with the audience in your bio, you're also a creative entrepreneur. You're working with startups as a consultant. You're launching your own ventures soon. You're doing a variety of different things at the same time, which is incredible. And you're doing them all at like a professional level. So how do you keep all of these things organized? Do you rely on any tools? Um, How does that, you know, how does your workflow basically look?
2: Yeah, so, um, what I'll say is that it has been a journey to kind of like map my life into what it is now. So I started, um, first I had to kind of figure out my dance career, which started with, um, off of so you think you can dance. Like, um, I did Indian dance combined with contemporary on, on the show. And, um, I did that because those are just two of the styles that I grew up with. Um, but it pulled me into a lot of like Indian dance opportunities right out of college. Then I kind of, you know, I felt really boxed into that because that's only a part of what I do. And I, I didn't like the like trope of having to be a South Asian dancer just because mm-hmm. I'm South Asian. Um, because I'm not that um, as a dancer, like I, I do more than that. And I like doing more than that. So I had to find my way through like the dance career itself, which led me into like commercial dance, um, which is like TV film. Um, that's kind of like some, some of the credits that you guys were talking about. Um, they happen through, um, my agency, which, which kind of connects you to TV film opportunities. And then I've recently ventured into musical theater, which is, you know, singing, dancing, acting, have done a few shows, um, that, our musical theater shows. Um, it's a little bit trickier there personally, because there is a little less diversity. So it's about like finding the right roles and shows that work. Um, but anyway, so dance itself has been a journey and, um, that took me a second to figure out, but once I find finally figured out like, okay, I love commercial dance. I love, um, theater. I also teach a lot and I love doing that. Um, I go back to the, like the competitions and studios that I used to grow up at. Um, once that was all settled, I was like, okay, I know what my life looks like in terms of dance. Let me fit, um, the startup work into that and see like what exactly I want to be doing in that space. So, um, I first worked out of two Sigma ventures, um, a company called advice coach, um, that it was a very early stage startup at the time. I was kind of helping develop the business model and like working on the product and some UX stuff. Um, I've worked for um, a few companies that are in the entertainment industry. One was like, had more of an agency feel. One again was working on like a, a product that was kind of like a, a profile for dancers. Um, and then I worked at Ted Med for a really long time. Ted Med is, a place that I interned at, um, in college, junior year of college. And I found my way back there, um, and kind of fit that in, which, which I ended up loving. And I I had a really cool job there where, um, Ted met his Ted talks for healthcare. And we kind of had a branch within it called the hive program. And, um, my job was literally to scout like cool, cool health tech companies and like create programming with them. Um, and then re- more, most recently, I've started um, a job at a company called Tomorrow Health that is a very new startup um, that that launched kind of during the pandemic. So what's been cool is that like all of this is freelance work. It's um, been remote for the most part, um, and I've been able to work it into my dance schedule. So, So before the pandemic, what my life looked like was that I would – Um, Honestly, like wake up really early in the morning. I would go to the place where um, there are a few studios where they have auditions. I would go there. I would like sign my name into the audition and I would sit in the audition room and um, or like in the hallway somewhere and just like do my work for my startups. And then when the audition started, I would go into the audition room and I would dance and do my thing. And then I would like come back and do more work eat lunch at some point, go back into another audition. um, And I taught classes at that same place in the evening. So I'd kind of just camp out there. I made it my own like co-working space. Um, So in terms of like that, that's how my life has been structured. And then in terms of tools, I've recently found during the pandemic, like I'm not dancing quite as much um, and I have more time to like explore digital tools. So I've been using this um, like really elaborate notebook a digital notebook called Notion. I love it. Oh and you have like, it, do you love, love Notion? It. <laughs> it's so good. I use I it <laughs> all the time for everything, oh literally for everything.
1: Um, so Viti's they, just a huge organization nerd. Yes, so any app you've mentioned, yes. she definitely knows about it.
2: I, I, use, I use Notion all the time. It's it, It's like a new thing, new find. I've been using it like this summer pretty much, but... I love it. And I definitely, when life gets like crazy and if I'm back in New York soon, like definitely will help me a lot. So, yes. anyway, that was very long winded, but I don't know.
0: That that's was super
2: interesting. What life looks like.
1: <laughs> I think just what I wanted to say is I, what I admire so much about the way that you explain that, at least, is that it seems like you really know what you care about the most and you have your priorities in order. So it's like, my priority is dance and all of these other things, yeah, I'm interested in them, but they need to work around this one thing that I'm the most passionate about. And I think that is something that's really hard for some people to do and, like, create those priorities. So I just, I really appreciate that. Um, And I think it's really incredible that you were able to find a way to make everything work and balance out like that.
2: Thanks. Yeah, I Um, mean, it's tricky because, like... um, like I said, work is not, I mean, the world is not necessarily, like, uh, they don't, ne- they, I feel like a lot of people say that they want people to pursue their passions, and, like, like, schools try to, like, foster passion and foster this type of, like, do what you love, but the working world is, like, honestly not structured to um, support that sometimes, and I don't know, I feel like that's a really big problem, and it's something I've I've had to kind of navigate carefully, but, um, and I haven't fully figured it out, but working on it, that's the goal.
1: (laughs) Yeah, that's huge. Um, and also, so earlier you mentioned this kind of lack of diversity in certain areas of dance, and you've also mentioned that you don't want to be boxed into any one type of dance or identity. So we also were curious, um, how have you gone about building a strong network and community in dance as well as your other fields of work?
2: Yeah, so, this one has actually been extremely tricky, um, and difficult as, as you guys know. Um, I feel like coming from Penn, especially like I, I love, love, love all of my friends and the community that I had there just like truly, you know, my Indian friends and American friends were all friends with each other. They were all, um, you know, supportive of dance and supportive of the arts, like. Everyone would come to every show that I did. Um, it was like the most community oriented place I have ever been and it was like it just it makes me still like happy four years later thinking about it um, but then I went from that to like New York where you're just on your own regardless like everyone is kind of an individual and like they all still care it's just like people are doing their own things and like um, a big Thing that was pretty shocking for me was like my career felt very individualistic and like um, my day looked different from people because, like I said, it wasn't a traditional nine to five. Like a lot of times, I would work in the evenings or weekends. I would travel, um, so it was just hard, really, to maintain community. Um, and in the dance industry, um, like I said, I at first I got kind of boxed into like. Um, South Asian spaces, and I could relate obviously on a cultural level, but um that was like only a portion of the dancing I had grown up with, and I really didn't feel like I fit in there. I felt like honestly a little too like American to like be considered only Indian, and then on the flip side, like everyone says this, but like feeling too Indian or different to fit into like the mainstream and so um it was it's been a really, really like hard. Thing to figure out, um, and honestly, I, I I wouldn't say that I have it totally figured out even now. I have like been able to find community in certain ways, especially when I go to auditions. Like, um, I feel like I found my group of friends that are like super diverse, like you know, black people, Chinese people, Latino people, um, who are just awesome. Uh, and like, I've really been able to vibe with, even if I'm the only brown girl in the room. Um, it's just been nice to like find other people who like get it and who I can relate to in certain ways. Um, and then like, I definitely have a handful of people from school who have been on this journey with me and who have been extremely like supportive and helped me like remember that I still have that community. Um, So yeah, it's, it's definitely challenging and lonely, but I think that like, uh, that's okay. And that's like part of the journey and, and like, there are definitely ways to find community. Um, I've liked about uh, during this time of pandemic where like literally all, all, most of my friends are unemployed and like our entire industry kind of just collapsed. Um, it's been really nice to like be separated and see how many people I still like keep in touch with and like still talk to on a regular basis in the dance industry. It's like, um, really lovely, whether it's just through virtual classes or, you know, like talking on social media or texting, like there is more of a community than I even thought. And, um, so it's been nice to, it's been nice to have that. And just to like, uh, know that slowly, slowly, but surely like that community is growing. Um, so,
1: yeah. Hmm. Um, would, you say, would you say that the community aspect of it kind of came about more naturally and organically rather than intentionally? As in kind of like you just happened to meet people at auditions rather than going out of your way to say, hey, I need to make dancer friends. I'm in this new city and I don't know what's going on. So, like, I guess it seems like it was more the organically, but I guess I'm curious to hear more about that.
2: that that's a really good question. So, actually... Um at first, it was a little more, um, I guess, prescribed in the sense that, like, because there weren't that many South Asians, um, I, like, if I saw a South Asian in the, in the mainstream entertainment or dance industry, I would, like, reach out to them on social media. There is, like, a woman that I really look up to um, who kind of did the same thing that I'm doing, but, like, 20 years earlier. Um, her name's Reshma. Gajar and like I reached out to her she lives in LA and I was in LA one time and I was like I would really love to meet you and like get coffee and it was like just nice to have have like someone to look up to that I was like wow your life is exactly like what I want to do um and there were definitely like a handful of really impactful mentors at the beginning that um I would reach out to or just set up time to like touch base with or grab coffee with. Um, and those relationships are still like really meaningful and important to me. And it was just people that I like saw myself in, um, whether they were my age or older. And then, um, I guess just like, yeah, as I worked more and as I like went to more auditions, like um, got into the community more. I just made more friends and like connected with people along the way. So um, yeah, it, it started by like seeking out similarities and then turned more organic as I went on.
0: I love yeah. that. Thank you. Um, I mean, also like really interesting that you say that and the idea of, you know, how important it is to for us as women, for us as South Asians, Um, you know, we're kind of we have to like work extra hard to find people who we see ourselves in but the value that that brings is like it's huge I think especially for us as like being young people trying to still like forge our path um, like you were saying earlier it's very hard to navigate something when you just have no idea what a future could look like so even having some idea of this is a person and I see myself in certain aspects of them I think is huge um, so that's really interesting that you mentioned that um so I think Ultimately, uh, we were curious what a successful life looks like to you because it's what we've heard from you throughout this interview is that you're taking a really interesting and non-traditional path where, uh, like m- many of the people our age are, you know, they graduate college and find themselves in nine to five jobs, Which there's nothing wrong with that. That's kind of the status quo. You've like totally broken out of that, um, And so the status quo idea of success has, you know, certain things attributed to it. But for you, with your this career path that you're forging, what does success look like to you?
2: Yeah, that's a really good question. And it's definitely um, something that I have been thinking about for a while. Um, What's so funny is I I went to an all girls school growing up and like I had this math teacher teacher. her name was Miss Yam. Everyone that knows me knows she was, like, the most impactful person ever in my life. Um, but she would, like, in our math class, we would have these, like, life talks. And she she literally had us, like, write down what success meant to us and, like, really challenged our perception of, like, what does success look like? Um, she, like, after... College decided that she didn't want to do she was gonna go down like the eye banking route and she was like No, I don't want to do that and she became a math teacher and like we're all better people for it um, wow. and so it was just like I think Those values were kind of instilled from from a young ish age like um, since I was in high school and I was like, okay, like you know Success can look very different based on like what makes me happy and what I want it to look like so now um, I think that pre-pandemic, my goals were to, um, you know, keep dancing for as long as I could do a bunch of jobs, um, whether theater or commercial TV, film, all of it. Um, just like kind of continue on that path for as long as it like made me happy, um, continue teaching and judging, which also made me really happy. Um, and then eventually actually go, go to business school and like work on a venture of some sort. Um, so the pandemic has kind of like sped that timeline up a little bit. Um, but the, the venture has like come a little bit sooner than anticipated just because like we have time right now, our industry is like, um, not doing well. And so it was kind of a good opportunity to like explore that side of my interests a little bit more. Um, so to me, honestly, like I've just learned so much from not only being a dancer, but also being a freelancer and understanding the challenges that come with that. Um, and so broadly, what the venture focuses on is kind of like creating community, creating, um, a space for like support services and, um, things like that. Sorry. I, I'm trying to be as broad as possible, but, but kind of like, um, the venture essentially is like trying to support creatives and support freelancers. Um, and so to me, success would look like, you know, this actually becoming something and being something that like, um, I could not only like, build into my full career, but also, um, that would like support a bunch of other people and make the life that I've been living for the past few years, a little bit easier for some other people. Um, and I think success to me, ultimately looks like just pursuing my passions and, uh, being able to like have a sustainable life out of that. Um, because, at the end of the day, it's just, like, if, if I'm happy and able to make a living doing that, then that's the goal, personally. So, um, yeah.
0: That's awesome. I, that's, like, a very articulate way to put it. And that's really amazing that that was kind of fostered in, at a young age. I think that would be, like, hope. We can hope that, like, for, you know, kids down the line that they are taught kind of a similar thing at a young age. Um, totally.
2: I got very lucky with her. She was yeah. the
0: best.
1: I especially love that it was a math teacher of all yeah. subjects, like not English or history or anything that I would mm-hmm. normally associate with like writing about success in life. So that just shows like how incredible this teacher must have been for you. And I love that you were she able really to was. That at such a young age.
0: I'm, I have a quick follow up. Um, I'm wondering how your experience working in the dance industry has informed your like has kind of given you skills or given you a better sense of how to approach starting a new venture and exploring the business world and vice versa? Cause I feel like there's definitely a lot of potential for that to be like an interdisciplinary thing. Like what has one field that you work in, um, taught you about the other?
2: This is an awesome question. Um, it's funny because when I talk to people about my dance career, um, yeah, it's people are like, "Oh, that's so non-traditional. It's like you're doing something so unique." Um, but to be honest, like I don't know. I just feel like I'm building similar skills to my friends, but just in kind of different contexts. Like yeah. literally I'd consider 70% of my career to be business, um just with like how everything works as a dancer. So, um with a freelance career, one you're like seeking out opportunities for yourself. You are like your own, um, accountant, marketing person, like salesperson, managing finances, literally everything. Like you are your own business and you have to be able to acknowledge that to be able to like grow in the industry. Um, and then on top of that, like I have done a lot of entrepreneurial, um, things in, in the industry itself. So like starting Project Convergence with my friend Vikas, that was a really big learning experience and, um, you know, opened a lot of doors for us in terms of knowing how to manage, manage a team, grow a team, start this, like, um, initiative from the ground up, um, both in terms of, like, we had about 20 dancers that, that became our company as well as, like, you know, a roster of clients that we had to kind of source and, um, find through networking, through building partnerships, through building relationships. And that's really what you do for any type of startup. It just happened to be like a creative, um, organization that we were working on. Um, and so, yeah, I think this like dance and business thing has always been a really big part of my life, even at Penn. Um, the reason that I, I, um, another reason that I jumped into this career was that um, at Penn, I, I was an arts house, dance company, and um, also was chair of the Dance Arts Council. And what both of those experiences taught me was that, like, you're dancing and you're creating, but also you have to, like, run this like a business. Um, whether you're putting a show together, whether you're managing a bunch of different groups, whether you're scheduling space and um, funding accordingly, like, there are so many, um, components that are business oriented, um, that like I loved doing and I still love doing. So, um, so yeah, they really inform each other. And I think that like, I, especially working at startups, like I know how to hustle a ton. I know how to just jump into an environment and figure things out. Um, literally like have been able to learn so many different skills just by jumping in and being like, okay, what do you need? Yeah. Let me, let me figure out how to do that. Um, and that's a lot of what like building a company, um, and being an entrepreneur looks and feels like as well. So, um, yeah, I, I don't think I would have nearly the skills that I have now if I hadn't pursued this path, to be honest.
1: That's incredible. Wow. Yeah, I never would have thought about it like that, but it makes so much sense the way that you just explained it. I just never would have put the two together.
0: Yeah. I think, I think that's also so cool. And I'm so glad you're sharing this with people because, I mean, what we can only hope is that some people will listen to this. Maybe there's somebody who's younger than we are and is thinking about pursuing a creative path. I think taking this approach might, because like you were saying earlier in the episode, it's... Based on the status quo, I suppose non traditional to pursue like a creative passion. The world doesn't really teach us how to execute that. But I think this mm-hmm. angle of like, you have to have these actual tangible skills, you have to approach it like a business, I think can palatable is the wrong word. I think just make like, it seem more realistic. In a way. Yeah, it Definitely. makes it seem like a reality that you can, that, you know, that there's like, there's somewhat of a prescribed path to pursue at least what it means to be a good business person in society. So then if you, then you can kind of like weave your creative interests into that. And I think that is really useful advice for any young creatives out there. So I'm glad you shared that.
2: And I think that like, um, there's, there's this, um, concept of being like a freelance creative that's becoming way more popular. Luckily now. Um, uh, and it's existed forever. Like people have been doing this in a freelance capacity for a long time, but I think that, um, you know the concept of freelancing generally is becoming more popular and the concept of like um building your own path and building your own career is becoming more popular so i think that um as people recognize that like this is a category of work and you know it just looks a little bit different than a traditional nine to five um people will feel like they have a little more of a roadmap and structure uh in terms of how to pursue it and like being in an industry like this, there are a lot of like bureaucratic top-down structures, but a lot of the work that we get and a lot of the opportunities that I've had personally, um, have, have come from just like figuring it out on my own. So, um, I definitely think there's like a big wave coming of this like creative freelance, um, lifestyle. So
0: that, okay. I mean, that was like such 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 useful advice and thank you for sharing all these like really insightful you know you know these insights about your career and how it all developed um and i think we're gonna wrap it up here so stay tuned for part two so this was just part one like we mentioned um we talked to about her career and such but we also we want to pick her brain about her self-care practices and her wellness practices so stay tuned for part two coming at you next week so do you, you have anything else you want to throw in there
1: yeah, um, as always, feel free to submit your questions on our website for our normal type episodes or even recommendations for anyone else you'd like to see on the show. Ooh, yeah. And everyone who's listened today should definitely check out Ramita's work on her website, which I believe is ramitharavi.com. And you can also find her on Instagram, where she posts so many of her incredible dance pieces and other things <laughs> like that. So check her out. She, she rocks. Yes. She's incredible, as you can tell from <laughs> her bio Thanks, and the show. <laughs>
0: yes we will like share her information in the show notes and on our instagram you'll have no trouble finding her um ramita thank you so much for answering our questions
2: thank you this is so cool i'm so glad you guys are doing this (laughs) it's been awesome
0: we will see you guys next week bye Thank you for listening to this
1: week's episode of Silent Lotus. Stay in touch with us on Instagram or Twitter at Silent Lotus Pod, and submit your questions on our website at SilentLotusPod.com. Your question might be featured in a future episode.
0: We'd also love to see you leave us a rating and review on Apple Podcasts and perhaps share this episode with a friend. Thanks, and see you next week.